You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So Ezekiel 37, I'm going to start in a completely different place than I planned uh, because of all the things we have going on this morning. Let's see, it's 1021. I'm going to try and take 30 minutes max and just kind of share a few of the things that the Lord's been putting on my heart. Some of this, <clears throat> the Lord's been speaking to me and, and, honestly, and dealing with my heart about for some time. Some of this uh, really got stirred up through Andy's message last Sunday, and um, I had something else planned for this week, but I really felt like I should come back and launch into this. So I, I, if you want a title, I, I titled this, What Am I Thinking?, which uh, is what the Lord's been asking me <laughs> quite a bit lately, and showing me you know, what I'm thinking, usually because of something I say. Usually because, you know, something that comes out of my mouth and uh, I love the way the Holy Spirit comes when, when there's something coming out of your mouth, something you're saying, usually you've said it more than once, but when you say it, you suddenly hear it ringing in your ears and you know it's the Lord calling attention to it either to confirm it and, and give you a witness that yes, this is my direction for you, or many times to call you to call you to attention. I was going to say call you out on it. That's not exactly the spirit I sense when, when he's doing it, but he wants to call your attention to it so that you can see this is something that's in my heart. Jesus told us over in Matthew chapter 12 that out of the abundance of our heart, what's in our hearts in abundance, that will come out our mouth, okay? It, we will speak from those things. So many times when I'll say something, that's how I'll, I'll just... I'll just hear it in a different way. Let me just give you an example. We'll get to Ezekiel 37 in a second. So last week, uh, I was in a counseling session, and, and I made the statement, which I've made for years, that I'm not, I'm not really a great counselor. And that's true in the sense that's, that's not my primary calling. But when I said it, I, it was one of those times. I heard it. I knew the Lord wants me to stop saying that. And the person I was counseling, thank God for godly people, counseled me and said, the Holy Spirit in you is a great counselor. So, you know, and that's, and that's true. It's not my primary calling. My primary calling as a pastor is to teach the word. And, but it, you could, I've been saying that for a long time. So it continues to be true. <laughs> it continues to get reinforced in my thinking and, and in practice because I'm not saying what the Lord would have me say. I'm not expressing his mind and his truth. His truth is that I have the mind of Christ on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. He can give me his thoughts and his insight. So it's just an example. I mean, uh, the Lord busts me about things like this frequently. And, and it's, there's a reason for it, and it's because we are designed to be God's representatives in this earth. We are made in his image and his likeness, and there's a reason we're here. And we as a society, as a culture, have gotten in a really bad habit of thinking 
number one, whatever we feel is actually truth. And it's not many times. It's not. How many of you know that that's true? Not everything you feel is true. And, and um, we have, we've, we've gone into this thing 30, 40 years ago that we, we started really uh, embracing the ideas of relativism. Some of that's even gotten into the church, but certainly culturally, uh, you know, what that means is, well, there's no objective truth, whatever. My truth is my truth, your truth, maybe your truth. That's a crazy statement. This my truth, your truth thing. Truth is either truth or it is not truth. A my truth and a your truth is a my opinion or your opinion. Jesus said the Father's word is truth, period. That's what Jesus said. So if we're going to argue with that idea, we're arguing with Jesus, not with me, not with somebody else that might talk about this with you. But because we've embraced those things and, we, and we've started to kind of live from that, then we've gotten in a really bad habit of using our words only to define or repeat what we already see around us in the natural we just, if, if, if we see, or, or what we feel, we just use our words that way rather than, which Boyd just talked about, being a coffee bean, I guess, and uh, using our words to change our environment, which is what the Lord intends. And we can't do that until our thoughts have to change for our words to change, for our attitudes to change. Things have to change on the inside first. All right, so let's, let's just look at an example of this from the scripture. Did you find Ezekiel 37 yet? Okay, and again, I'm just going to, you know how it is when I start a series. I'm just going to jump around here. But this was actually the last passage we were going to look at today. But during worship, I felt like the Lord wanted it first. So Ezekiel 37, uh, Ezekiel writing, of course, says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. So so Ezekiel is in a, in a time where he's in real vital connection with the Lord and hearing what, and seeing what the Lord is showing him. And it says, the, the Lord brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. He set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Verse 2, he caused me to pass around uh, about among them. And behold, there were very many human bones in the open valley or plain, and behold, they were very dry. So here he is, God is showing him something. He's showing him all these bones, and God shows him how dry, how dead the bones are. They're not even still kind of soft, some good marrow in there. They're dead, they're dry. How many of you have come across, I'm sure everybody has come across, if you spend any time outdoors, come across, you, sometimes you come across kind of a new skeleton, you know, from a deer or whatever. Sometimes it's really old and they've just dried up. That's what he's seeing here. They're human bones. But what I'm, my point is, God doesn't mind you seeing, knowing how dead the situation that you're facing is. As long as you don't develop your prayer life according to how dead it is, you don't simply, uh, you don't allow that deadness to affect your hope and your faith. He doesn't mind you seeing it. He doesn't mind you knowing that a lot of our culture is very ungodly. 
He doesn't mind you knowing that there are things in you that need to change. He doesn't mind you seeing that, wow, my family has lived this way for all these generations. And that's, it's not godly. It's not, it's not God's best for us. It's been there. This is how it's been. Or he doesn't mind you seeing the doctor's report. He doesn't mind you seeing any of that. But what he tells... So, so my point with that is, sometimes we think that if we're going to live by faith, we've got to deny the natural reality. And that just isn't what it's about at all. Scripture tells us over in Romans chapter 4 that God, here's how God does it. He gives life to the dead. He doesn't pretend the dead isn't dead. All right, he gives life to the dead and calls those things that are not as though they were. So he speaks life into that place that is dead, that is separated from God, that is not producing fruit, that is not producing life. That place that looks totally impossible. These dry bones look totally impossible. And God actually took Ezekiel out there and wanted him to see how dead it was first. It's not a denial that there's something that needs to change. It's how we address what needs to change. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So verse three says, he said to me, son of man, I love this. He asks Ezekiel a question. Son of man, can these bones live? I've been thinking about this. and I've been thinking about, you know, why? Obviously God knew. And that's how Ezekiel answered him. I, I've, I think it was a little bit of a cop out. I, I think Ezekiel said, you know, kind of spiritualized. Oh, Lord, you know. You know, you know. I'm not going to tell you what I think. But I may be wrong about his motivation there because the truth is God does know. What, what Ezekiel did there is he opened the door to hear what God had to say about the dead, dry bones. And that's a good thing. He opened the door. He wanted to hear what the word of the Lord was about this. But the Lord did come and ask him, you know, he, he, he asked him this question, son of man, can these bones live? Can the impossible become possible? And I was thinking about that humanity was set on this earth. Adam and Eve were set in the garden and they were given, Adam and Eve were given the same instruction to have authority in the earth as God's representatives to bring his life and his kingdom into this earth, to have dominion and to be fruitful. That was the assignment. That assignment has never changed. You know, we're, we're in the place where now our primary assignment is to bring the kingdom into the earth. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means to, the way Jesus told us to pray it was, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So where we're not seeing the will of God being done, we are to be people who release that, that will through the way that we live, through our prayers, through the things that we say, through, through the activities, through our, through our giving, through everything that we do in our lives. We're here to, to not just echo what we see. Oh man, that's really bad. Oh man, that's, that's really, you know, that's really a, a sick way to think. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? We, the church, are supposed to be releasing the life of God, the will of God, his purposes into this earth. It's the same assignment that humanity has always had, is to, to in God's 
presence in connection with him, in vital union and relationship with him to release his life. Uh, you know, it's interesting that he had Adam, and at that time it was male and female together, uh, name, the, name all the animals, name the bugs, name the stuff. You call them what, what you want to call them, and that's what they will be. There was an authority there to define things around. And that was when Adam was still in this vital union. Sin hadn't entered in yet. Oh, my whole point with that is just, this is, what the, this is what the Lord does in every one of our lives. There's a role for us to have here. So let's go back to the scripture. Verse three, he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Okay. Again, he said to me, so here's what he told him, prophesy to these bones. Prophecy, you know, it's nothing for us to get nervous about. Prophecy just at its base means speaking the same thing that God is saying. Whatever is immediately proceeding from his heart, you say, oh, well, you know, I've never done that. But you can't because you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. It doesn't have to, it doesn't, you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. You don't have to make some big spiritual thing. You just hear what God is saying. You hear what God's desire is over a situation, and that's what you begin to say over the situation. That's what you begin to pray over the situation. Sometimes we pray the scripture because it's already, the scripture is God's word, God's will. So when we don't, when we don't have anything, you know, aside from that or something that God has spoken specifically for that, then we just begin to pray the word over people's lives. We pray the word over our city, our state, our nation. What we don't do is we don't just pick up what the world is saying about a situation or what we see in the situation. Again, we can be aware of it, but we don't pick it up and we don't begin to, you know, I mean, these are just some of the ones I hear frequently. Well, it's just, it's just impossible to buy a house here. Just impossible to get housing. That's not helping. That's not helping, okay? It's just impossible. Well, but God says all things are possible to him who believes, all right? It may be difficult. It's not impossible. It, it's just, well, you know, that's just never going to change. Well, as long as you keep saying that, it's probably not, or it'll change by some other means besides you having anything to do with it. Okay, because the scripture tells us that life and death is in the power of our tongue. That's a pretty big deal. And I understand that speaking to things is not the only thing we do, right? There, there are more things than that that need to be done. But in order for us to see clearly and in order for our hearts to be in the right place and in order for hope and faith to build in us, we've got to start looking to God and, and, and speaking the things that he gives us to say into that situation. Well, my family, you know, we've, we've just always done it this way. It's just always going to be that way. Stop saying that. Stop believing that first. Start looking to the scripture and see what God says about your family. I had somebody tell me just the other day that, and I love to hear this. I've had a number of people say this over the years. You know, my family has always been like this, but I've decided it ends here. It ends with my generation. It's not going on beyond here. I am not going to pass these tendencies down to my children and to my grandchildren. I love that attitude. I think God loves that attitude. Let it stop 
there. Okay, If we're just doing nothing but picking up, using our words to say what's already there, we're not calling those things which be not as though they were. We're just calling those things that be as though they be. And we are, through that, life and death is still proceeding out of your mouth. You are, because you are speaking from faith that's in your heart. And I've said this for years. It's not enough for us just to change out here. It's good to ask the Lord. We see this in the scripture. Lord, put a watch over my lips. I think that's a great prayer. So that when we speak something that's contrary to his will, we do hear it. And we, and we sense the Holy Spirit saying, that's not, the, that's not what I want you saying, son, daughter. That's not what I want you saying. I think that's good. Put a watch over my lips. But it's got to start in the heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, our mouths speak. So if we just have negativity or fear or anger or hopelessness, coming out, we need to look and we need to see. Don't get, don't get condemned about it, but recognize James said, I'm really bouncing around. Sorry, you guys. James said, it's not right that salt water and fresh water flow out of the same spring. He said, and that's not the way our, our words should be. He said, it's saying something. If salt water comes out of a spring, then it's coming from a salt source. Okay, if fresh water comes out, it's coming from a fresh source. You know, again, Jesus said, make the tree good and it'll bear good fruit or make the tree bad and it'll bear bad fruit. But, you know, you can't get good fruit from a bad tree. The point is, and, and that's where along in there, Matthew 12, where he said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man out of the good treasure in his heart flings forth, the Amplified said, good things. And the evil man out of the evil treasure in his heart flings forth evil things. We read that and we think, oh, evil. I'm not really thinking about evil. Well, if if we are harboring attitudes and thoughts in in our hearts that are not from God, that's all that means. Then what we're going to put out of our lives are going to be things that are not from God. And again, going back to Proverbs, it tells us that, uh, that uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And, and the idea there is, do we want to release life into a situation or do we want to release death into a situation? When we just pick up some negative thing. There's plenty of them out there. You can spend your whole day watching news cycles that will tell you nothing but the very worst possible news and what's going to happen. You know, I, I, well, I don't want to pick because then we'll get into sides, okay? But I just heard some things the other day about something that really isn't even going on anymore. And they're, they're saying, is the next wave coming? You know, that's the headline. Let's get everybody scared. Let's get everybody looking. And instead, so if we pick that up and listen, I'll just say this, if I haven't ticked anybody off yet, you can get the same negativity with a, with a religious covering from Christian television and Christian news. So, oh, I only listen to Christian news. Well, are they telling you to, to be against or are they telling you what you're for? Anyway, I got to stop. I got to stop because I'm just going just gonna to get in the flesh and then I'm going to hear that. That's not what I want you saying. Thanks. So I hate hearing that in church. So 
he had Ezekiel go out and he's, and, and I, I need to get past this. So he went out and he said, Lord, what do you say? I see dry bones. What do you say? And he had him begin to prophesy, to say what the Lord was saying. It says, thus says the Lord to these bones, behold, I will cause breath and spirit to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath and spirit in you and you dry bones shall live and you shall know, understand and realize that I am the Lord who, um, let me go past, this is the Amplified. So I prophesied as I was commanded And as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise and behold, a shaking and a trembling and a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And it it goes on. They got breath came in, the spirit came in, flesh covered and what had been dead and impossible lived. And what I'm trying to say to us this morning and, and really where many of the things, if you weren't here last week, I'd really recommend listening to Annie's talk from last week. She did a really good job talking to us about our thoughts because that's where it's got to start. Let's look at a couple more verses and then we'll be done this morning. Take about 10 more minutes here. Let me just, let me just read these two here. You can look at them with me, but I'm going to try to save the, the preaching on them until next week. 2 Timothy chapter 3, you guys, most of you know it, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed. That means it is spoken from the Lord. It is inspired. Scripture, that that term, God-breathed, that term inspired in the Greek, it it means just that. It means God breathed it out. And in that sense, the, the scripture carries God's DNA. The scripture carries his life. And we need to view it that way. If we want life in something, we need to just quit saying, oh, well, that's just never going to change. Oh, that's just terrible. That's just dead. Oh, that's a bad attitude. Oh, that the school system's just horrible. Oh, the government's just horrible. Oh, whatever. Speak life into it. We are here to speak life into these situations. Not, it takes no It takes no skill. It takes no thought. It takes no effort to just say the same thing that you are hearing and the world is saying around you. It does take effort to get into God's presence and hear. I I know we've spent years, decades now, praying over this community. And the picture that I have in my heart that is God's, I believe it's God's will and God's purpose for this valley. I think when he carved out these mountains, he had it in his heart that this be this thriving place. This be a place of beauty. This be a place where people can come. And as they come into this valley, we pray this all the time. Even if they just come down one pass and head out through the canyon, as they pass through, they come under the influence of the Spirit of God. Something changes in their hearts. If they stay here a couple days, whether it's through seeing the beauty of the flowers or whether through talking to one of you at City Market, whatever it is, something happens in their heart that they awaken at least a little bit more to who God is. I believe that's God's plan. That's God's purpose for this valley. So it annoys me when I or someone else just start repeating what we can see. 
No, it's not there yet. It's not like that yet. But that's what we need to be speaking if we ever want to see it change. Can you say amen to that? All right. So all scripture is God-breathed. It's profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error. These are good things, by the way. For training in righteousness. Why? So that the man or woman of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I can pick up from that and I can say, you know what? Every scripture is God-breathed and he is equipping me for the very things I'm going to face through that word and through his spirit. All right. Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11 says, For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and they don't return again without watering the earth and making it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread for the eater. That means bread for today, sustenance for what I need now, and seed to change my future. All right. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect or useless. It shall accomplish that which I please and purpose and shall prosper in the thing which I send it. So the word comes to our life with purpose and the power to accomplish that purpose. So when God is speaking something to you, yes, it's for you. It's to build you up. It's to strengthen you. But it also has a purpose beyond you. It also has a purpose to be released through you into your environment, your family, your business, your connections, whatever those might be. It is it is to be released through you. If he's highlighting it to you, yes, it's for you. But it, it carries something beyond that. There is a purpose to it. All right, final verse. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This is what, as Annie was speaking last week, I was just, this verse was coming up over and over. So I want to go through it with you. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Here it is. It, the word, is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the soul and the spirit. There is a dividing line in us. Let's just review this real quick. You're a three-part being. You are spirit, you are soul, you are body. This is what the Bible teaches. Your spirit is the primary life in you. It is the part of you when you gave your life to Jesus that was born again. You're, it is the place where the Holy Spirit, it lives in you. You also have a soul that is your mind, your emotions, and your will. And those two, the two are housed in this physical body, this is your earth suit. This gives you the ability to function in this natural world. But inside you, there's a spirit and there's a soul. And there is a dividing line between the two. And one of the reasons why is because your spirit, if you've given your life to Jesus, has been born again. Your soul, the Bible says, is in this process of renovation, this process of remodeling. By the word, by the spirit, every day, God is remodeling. He's making your soul more like what's already happened in your spirit. So you and I both receive, we receive thoughts from both the spirit and the soul. The ones that come from the spirit come from the spirit. The Holy Spirit lives there. Those are spiritual thoughts. They are God's thoughts. But the ones that come from the soul may or may not be. If it's coming from a, a room that's already been remodeled, be pretty much what, what God would say, okay? Or exactly what God would say. Comes from a room that's still under construction, okay? 
We get thoughts all the time. How many of you will admit some of the thoughts you've had in your life did not line up with God's word? Okay, four of us, excellent. (laughs) But we get those thoughts and the word, the word divides between those penetrates in there. And here's what, it, here's what it does. I love the way this is written in the Amplified. So the word comes into that to uh, the dividing line of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow. And that means the deepest parts of our nature, parts we don't even understand. There's stuff in me I don't even get, you know, let alone somebody else getting it. That the word will penetrate all the way into that place. And it will do these four things. Exposing and sifting, and analyzing, and judging both the thoughts and the purposes or motivations of the heart. We get to choose. Every time the Holy Spirit highlights one of God's thoughts to you, whether it's coming off the page of your Bible, or whether he's speaking to you, or you're in a conversation with somebody, but you get that quickening that this is God speaking, speaking, this is God speaking, Need more brownies. Uh, Every time you get that, you and I have a choice to make. We can embrace what God is saying and begin to nurture what God is saying as the thought within us. Begin to nurture that and let that grow into a dominant belief in our life that will, it'll start to come out of our mouth. It'll change our behavior. It'll change our attitudes. It'll change our outlook on life. Or we can reject that and hold on to what was there before. Just what, just what we think, what the world thinks, what our, our best friend thinks, whatever. We always have that choice. But that word comes in. This is a blessing. That word comes in and it, it shows us, it exposes, it uncovers, it makes really clear and visible. It brings into the light of truth what our thought is. What's its source? Is it salt water or fresh? Where'd that come from? It exposes it, lays it bare, it lays it open. It lets us see what our, this thought that just came up, it, it lets us see it for what it really is. So we can make a good decision one way or the other about it. It analyzes, the word analyzes, that means it accurately identifies the source and the nature of our thoughts the source and the nature, it categorizes our thoughts as godly or ungodly. And again, it's not to make you feel bad, so you can make a decision which one are you going to nurture because the thoughts that you nurture will drive your life. They will begin to come out of your mouth. Again, James said the, that our tongue is like the rudder of a ship it, or like bits in a horse's mouth. It turns, it directs, it keeps our life on course or changes its course. James said that about the tongue, about our words. It's a big deal. And our words proceed from what's in abundance in our hearts. Is this making sense? I'm really hurrying. Okay. The third thing that the word does is it sifts our thoughts. That means it separates one thing from another for clarity and for purity. When we sift I guess, I don't know what sifting flour does. Makes it finer, I guess. But if you're, I was thinking more of removing, you know, wheat from chaff, that kind of thing. We sift gravel sometimes to get the big rocks out and keep the sand. 
You know, it's, it's this process. The word of God will do this on the inside of us. It will separate one thing from another because so many times our thoughts are cluttered. Our thoughts are connected to other thoughts and, and other things. And we get on these, you know, we get on these tangents where these things are all connected and we can't see it any other way. And the word will come in and just separate those things. A lot of times our thoughts not totally off base, just some parts of it. Some of the motivations aren't quite right. Some of the different things are not quite right. And the word will come in and show us, this part's from me. This part's not. And then we can make that decision to nurture the things that are from God. And finally, the word judges our thoughts. And this is a good thing. To judge means to pass sentence, to determine the fate of. To determine the fate of our thoughts. To mark for approval or rejection. And many times, if you let it, if you let the word have this place in your life, the word will separate your thoughts and mark them for acceptance, nurturing, or rejection. And then we have that choice to make. There are a lot of thoughts that come up. We have to recognize this isn't a condemnation thing. This is just, you know what? That thought is not a godly thought, and I can't afford to have thoughts cooking in my heart that are not from God. I can't. They will produce the wrong thing. Not only in me, but out from me, because my purpose, my purpose from God is to influence the environment around me with godliness. Not just me being godly, but with God's life, God's blessing. Blessing and cursing, James said, should not be able to come from the same mouth. Okay, I got to just stop. I got so much more. I've got to just stop. Let's stand up and pray. Did you get something out of this today? Something to take home, something to think about. Father, this morning, Lord, all of us that are here, God, people are gathered together in your presence and in your name, Lord, because we want, to, we want to grow. We want to know you better. We want to be more like you every single day. We want to be transformed. We want to be renewed. And Father, we want more and more and more of your life, not only in us, but pouring out of us for others. So Father, we, we ask you, Lord, we thank you so much. You've sent the Holy Spirit. You, you said, Jesus, you sent him to lead us and guide us into the whole fullness of truth. So we ask that that process would just continue to increase in us where there are thoughts in us where we're holding them for whatever reason or whether we even know it or not, where we're holding thoughts and attitudes and motivations that are not from you. We invite you into the middle of that. We invite you in to highlight those, to analyze those, to sift those, to judge those so that, Father, we can make the choice to embrace who you are and what you are saying. So I thank you for that this morning. As we go out of this place, we recognize, Lord, we are here, Lord, to release your life into the environment around us. And Father, we, we choose to do that. We, we ask you and we thank you for the opportunities that you open this week to give life, to sow life. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for the church of Jesus Christ. We thank you for light. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Father, for the life that you intend for every single person that we ever come in contact with. 
We thank you for it this morning. And Father, while we're praying, I just pray over all the food. Father, as we, and, and more than that, the fellowship, the loving on one another, the connections that you'll create this morning. God, we give you this time. We thank you, Lord, for sanctifying all the food to our body's good use. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. We're going to say this on the count of three. We always say Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. And we're going to be dismissed. And I guess there's going to be somebody out there to put you in line. All right. I mean that in a good way. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.